Hey, what's up, patrons? This is Len welcoming you to this week's edition of Greetings from the Bat Base. We're bringing you something special today. I have a funny feeling that our Patreon followers really don't care about what's going on in Batwoman. I don't know if you're really listening to this to hear what I'm thinking about the Batwoman TV series. Let me know. So I'm taking a chance and I'm foregoing reviewing episodes uh, i believe seven and eight of batwoman and instead there were two monumental episodes of hbo's watchmen that aired over the last couple of weeks episodes six and seven and while the black tribbles along with vince of the michelle mission we did do our special which you can find on both of our feeds the men in the trunk where we reviewed Watchmen episodes one through five and we plan to return at the conclusion of the series after episode nine with men in the trunk Two, our review of episodes six through nine these last two episodes of Watchmen were so monumental that I just had to get them off my chest so I actually went and I'm giving it to you but I'm giving it to you with a flair I promise to bring you some guests here on the show so I went to Amalgam Comics and I sat down and spoke with Ariel Johnson, the Uncanny Tribble, and we talked about Watchmen episodes six and seven. Spoiler alert for those episodes. If you haven't watched the Watchmen, but you are currently watching it and you haven't watched the last two episodes, I don't know what you're waiting for, but do not want to listen to this greeting before you watch those episodes. Once you do, then you can listen to this and it will be that much more richer an experience for you. All right. Okay. So enjoy. So we're doing this man in the trunk thing where we're reviewing Watchmen. We reviewed episodes one through five. And now episodes six and seven have aired. And six and seven have had such huge revelations that I had to talk about it with somebody. And, but I had to talk about it, I thought, specifically with someone who has read the comic as well. So has at least a little bit of that influence with them. So I can't go to like Eric, you know, of all the Tribbles, because, you know, this is for Patreon. So I want to do, I told y'all I would bring the Tribbles to, to greetings from the Bat Base. I can't go to Eric, who's the other Watchmen fan, because he refuses to read the comic. He's like, why am I going to do that? So he's not. Um, I could bring Randy, but Randy's not objective. Randy just loves every fucking thing. So you, I don't know if you're really getting a true analysis of shit with Randy. And I'm not even sure Randy has HBO. So he might not even be watching it. You know, so there's that. Kennedy, if it aired after 1995, then Kennedy will get to it around 2025. So she's still re-watching DuckTales. So we can't go to Kennedy. And she'll just shit on it right from the top until she discovers it in 2025 and all of a sudden it'll be the best thing ever. And hey, motherfuckers, why aren't y'all talking about it like you 20 years late? So of all the tribbles, 
that and, and Isaiah wasn't born. So he <laughs> so I can't go to Isaiah. So that leaves Ariel, the uncanny triple, the amalgam triple, triple forty-seven. AJ forty-seven. AJ forty-seven. So I'm here. I brought her to Greetings from the Bat Base to talk about Watchmen, episode six and seven, real quick. Ariel, what's up? What's up, Leonard? <laughs> <laughs> I'll redo it. You ain't got to redo it. You ain't got to redo it. Because it's for our Patreon and our patrons. I have a very special relationship with them. It's a lot more familiar and it's more it's more casual. And this is what this is what Ariel does. She calls me Leonard. I don't know why. This tickled her one day. And now I am now and forevermore Leonard. Because Leslie calls you Leonard. And I never even heard anybody call you that. And she'll just say, I spoke to Leonard. And I'm like, who? And it just stuck with me. So now... When, I, when I'm feeling some type of way, I'd like to call Len Leonard. But don't you do it. <laughs> yeah, don't you do it, patrons. No. Well, I guess you're patrons, so you're, you're donating to us. So I guess, and whatever the fuck. Anyway, so, spoilers for Watchmen's episodes six and seven. So if you, if you haven't watched them yet, don't listen. If you don't give a fuck about spoilers, listen. Spoilers. One, two, three, done. Ariel, episode five and six. We have learned huge things in episode five and six. Some of the major theories that have been out there have come to pass in episode five and six. Specifically with episode five, where we learn the true origin of hooded justice. Yes, and so first of all, I want to say kudos to Vince, Jack Tribble, of the Michelle mission, because he, that was his theory. That was something he said, um, specifically when we did our men in the trunk one through five review. And I was like, you know, that is interesting. Yes. That, you know, and that would make a lot of sense because when I read the book, assuming that everyone is white because everybody whose face we saw was white Mm -hmm. it's being written by alan moore who is a white white british man you know so i don't think drawn by dave gibbons a white british man okay um i did not know he was i knew he was white but i didn't know he was british but yeah and i do feel like british white people not that american white people think much about about us you know we're not really thought of but i feel like even less so if you you go to europe you know what Mm -hmm. i mean they're not really factoring us in so in my mind it's just we're we're in this very white place and and because the only brown black character that i remember is the little kid at the um yeah the newsstand who was reading the black freighter um so the idea so when vince so, so kind of put that on the table. I was like, that is interesting. It would make sense for a lot of reasons as far as like his costuming, yes. the rope. And because because I actually thought reading the book that Hooded Justice was some kind of weird Klansman. So mm. he's not, you know, he's not wearing a white robe, but he's wearing this hood. He specifically has like a noose on his neck. He's got rope on his hands. And, and as a black American, that is very vivid and intentional imagery. You can't put a rope around a black person's neck and think like, what do you mean? Like, you know, that, right, that, that right, has right. real meaning that carries real weight just kind of in, I guess what the, the, the lexicon or whatever of American culture. Um, so that's where I went for, 
when that's what I thought thinking it's a white character, but it's like, but you make that character black. And now the fact that he's wearing that noose means something else entirely. So I liked the theory, but my thing is, you know, so I, you know, flip back through the, the book because continuity is everything. And for the most part, I mean, you never see hooded justice without his hood on and they make it a point like you just kind of see his eyes and you don't really see skin like, you know, through the through the holes. But there is one scene where they show a close up of his face. And I think it's when he walks in on comedian raping or attempting to rape Sally, Sally yes. Silk Spectre. And they, they show a close up of his face. And again, it's you just see the eye holes, but you see white skin. Yes. And so. I'm thinking about um, Vince's theory. I'm like, well, if they did that, then is it a thing where they're just going to ask us to forgive that panel? Like, you know, yep, we know that was how it was colored, but kind of suspend your belief for a second and go with us on this journey. So, you know, when he first dons the hood, of course, he doesn't he he hasn't done anything special because he literally just got fucking lynched. And yes, and we should say it's the black cop, uh, with, um, Will, Will, Reeves. Re- Will Reeves, which I was also like, is he related to Bass Reeves? Because in the beginning, he's watching, in the first episode, he's mm-hmm. watching the film of Bass Reeves, the black marshal of Oklahoma, but at the time, you don't know his last name. Yes. And then it wasn't until, you know, you realize he's hooded justice and his him being inspired by the man in the black hood and all this other stuff. And then I was like, wait, Reeves, Reeves. Are they related? Because I don't think they go, go make it a point to make that connection, but I feel like maybe it's implied. I think it's implied. I think it's implied um, because I read some of the the what's it called? PD Media. The PD yeah, the Pedopedia or something. Yeah, PD. You know, <laughs> Vince told me I had to read, and one day I was just on vacation. I was like, let me just read this thing, and it was kind of interesting. Um, so I think it's implied that they are related. Um, and, then, and then it would also make sense because that is a family that has gone into some for, form of law, law enforcement. enforcement or service because even uh, Angela's dad, he was in the army. He served right. in Vietnam. So right. some kind of like service. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it certainly makes sense. But it could also be, I could also read it that you got to remember when he leaves Tulsa and, you know, it's in this carriage that, you know, gets destroyed and he's out on his own with this little girl, little baby, mm-hmm. learned as a little girl. At least I didn't know it was a little girl at the time. Um, it's possible at that time with him not having a name because we didn't know his name at that time. Right. It's possible that he just takes on the name of Reeves. Reeves. Because of the inspiration from the Bass Reads. So either way, Reads. Right. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, so, so so we find out that, you know, this black cop, which um, I had to go look back and see, all right, right, how real is it for there to have been a black cop in the early part of the century in New York? Mm. And the, the numbers were very, very slim. Right. To that point, because at first I was like, that was a read, like a black cop. Mm-hmm. And like, this would have been like the 20s because it was before 1938. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, at least the early 30s. Early th- yeah. I was like, that doesn't even read, but it, but it read. I was like, oh, OK. All right. I mean, the way they did it, it read. I mean, even um, 
you know, at the pinning ceremony. Yeah, how he's bypassed. How by he's them. bypassed by the white officers, and it's the black officer that pins mm-hmm. him. Yeah, so um, that, that that did read. That did read. Yeah. Um, but but anyway, but so so kind of just going back to like the look of it, and then when um oh man, I forget his the baby slash his wife's name. Oh, what's that's not Rose. We didn't get a lot of time with her. Yeah, we didn't. But but so when she's, you know, putting the makeup on around him and, and she was like, because it's important that they think it's one of their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so then they start putting the white makeup around it. And so for me, that was like everything. And I feel like for some it might have been it's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And maybe not as important a thing but for me in terms of like continuity and again yeah yeah the original text holds everything that they're doing in this show they are incorporating things that happen in the book so that you don't have to ignore anything because i hate that that takes me out of stuff when i have to act like something didn't happen Mm -hmm. for this new thing to make sense so i so i got really really excited about that and then you know so then uh when they show the reflection in the mirror it's Angela with the the white paint on, but then the juxtaposition between his white paint across his face and how her she does black, hers. her yeah. black. It was just it was like the the parallels were just beautifully done, yeah, beautifully executed. Yeah. Um, the cinematography in this episode was fantastic. Even you know when it comes up Watchmen, and then the smoke blows, and it says Minutemen when she falls into her comb and falls back into the seat, and then slowly the color fades from her. Mm-hmm. I was like. Everything about this is just like so well done, so well thought out. Another one of my things is because it is a, a dream world, um, you know, when Will like walks out the police station, the door is in the middle of the yeah, street. It's yeah. not even like he came out of a building. It's just next scene. And, and then you think about like dreams. That's exactly. And, and again, they're not they're not her memories. So even her experiencing them they are hallucinations so she is still in a dream state even though she is seeing actual events so the fact that there would still be some surrealism to it like your doors in the middle of just a street you just came out the police but that's how dreams are yeah and it's just like you know you just kind of all of a sudden you're there like Mm -hmm. i think that's one thing like i i forget what i was listening to or what i was talking to or you know it might have been from inception where it talks about like dreams you don't know how you got there you're yes, just there you're, you're there and yep. and that's how it felt it's just like now i'm just in the middle of this thing and the story is happening mm-hmm. you know i'm coming in and having to catch up um yeah i just i i just thought it just read so well what did you think of the story of them making will reeves now a cop and you see him in this relationship with this woman, but then you learn that that woman was the baby. Oh, I was fine with that because he was young. I mean, he, I think, might have been six mm-hmm. in that. Um, you know, and so you think like, okay, so they could have grown up with a brother and sister vibe. And maybe it was that for a little while, but, you know, they're not related. Yeah, and yeah. and for her like when he tells the story because she asked him to tell him how um like you know tell me the story of like us or how how we met or whatever and so he's talking about like everything in his world he's watching his world burn and then he hears the baby cry and then so from that moment it was them yeah you know what i mean so having that connection so the fact that 
even if they were you know younger and it maybe was a little more sibling like mm -hmm. that that is still your anchor in a lot of ways and that those those um feelings that you have her could have evolved into something else because you because you know that it's like this is not actually my sister it's just we she for him you were my anchor to this world that is now gone um i think that the parallels also between the superman thing so when mm. she's comes out uh well because we see it's will reeves but it's angela yeah. as will, will reeves and the um russian guy or whatever he definitely had an accent um is talking about like oh yes his his um world is destroyed but before it was his family put him in this pod and and shot him off to right. safety and then they're juxtaposing it with like will's dad putting him in that case and it's like hold on to this you know, don't lose this boy and sending him off while the, their the planet world and their world is destroyed. I was just like, like, yeah. I, I like just those parallels were so, so powerful. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that that was like, that was just like really, really exciting. Um, I also like the the part about their relationship I liked is because, and I think I've been, been mentioned on Men on Man in the Trunk, that there was a reading of like when a pop puts him in that case. And le and puts in the note, you know, like watch over this baby, and watch over this boy, this boy, and you know, I think you're meant to infer he means that whoever opens up this case and sees this boy, the note is there for you to watch over, you know, watch over him. But then once the accident happens and he finds himself out there in the field and there's the baby and he finds that note. Mm -hmm. There was a reading of that, that at least somebody mentioned, and um, maybe it was on a man in the trunk, maybe it was on another podcast I listened to, maybe on a garbled podcast, because they're doing reviews of The Watchmen. There, there was a reading that the boy now read that note and meant and took that to mean that he's to watch over the baby. No, I took it as because so the note that he wrote, watch over this boy, is the note, is that that propaganda or whatever that he's that been carrying with he's him. been carrying with him from his time with in world war ii in germany so clearly that was like something dropped by the nazis um remember because so and and vince made this point because i didn't remember this hooded justice was said to be a german sympathizer yes yeah, so, so that's maybe, what they thought so, so maybe not necessarily nazi but german sympathizer right and that note was basically telling colored soldiers like don't serve this country then when you go home you can't even get served at the lunch counter they're gonna call you nigger and and send you on your way tell you to go to the back door despite the fact that you fought and bled and sacrificed for your country come fight for us because we won't treat you like that so that was the letter and he wrote watch over this boy and i thought he was saying watch over the letter like watch over this this thing that I got in the war and which is coloring how I well wow, I, don't, I didn't read I don't, like even, that I don't at even all. want to say coloring how he feels because black people have always known what this country is but you know kind of changing his alliance because I think the thing the interesting thing about being like a a black American is like this country doesn't love us and it never has right. it, it's only taken from us yeah but at the same time it also took what we came from and so all we have is this so you you hate it but where are you gonna go right because at this point you know, you know I, you I i am american you yeah. know what i mean and I'm, I'm specifically black american which is a culture now mm -hmm. but but again even our blackness that was 
a construct of slavery because we weren't black before. We were Ghanaian, we were Nigerian, we were whatever, mm. and we became black here. Right. 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 And, but and so now blackness is our black is our ethnicity but this because we had to build something from scratch so so all that to say is like so it's not like he was suddenly enlightened to his place on the totem pole of american culture but he now is looking somewhere else like well maybe it can be better if we go somewhere else and and so i feel like he gave that to to will to like remember like watch over this because it's like this this country doesn't love you Wow, I never read and, it that and way. Yeah, so I thought I never thought it was like watch the boy. It was like he's telling the boy to watch the to to keep. So you think? So wait a minute. Because so he you, still remember when he hangs the when he hangs the the, the police chief. The chief. He still has it. Yeah, but he, but he's been carrying it for for right. Forever. But he's but but what? But he's not carrying it because it says watch over this boy. Like necessarily, he's carrying it because it it's something his father wanted him to remember. Hmm. To me, that's how I read it. I never hmm. read it as like a petition for somebody to look after. Cause, cause I mean, he sent them off with people he knew, and and clearly he didn't put them in there thinking they not gonna. And make I always it thought out. that was kind of weird too. Yeah, to have that both. Yeah, he didn't put like so. It's not well, like, no, no. Okay, because my thinking was that while he was sending them, all, he was sending him off, his son off with these people riding. You know, riding, driving the carriage. My thought was that they were taking him someplace to deliver him to somebody whom would see that note and watch him. I didn't get that. That's the way that that's the way that I read it. And then when you know all hell happens, the young boy finds that note and takes but that. But he didn't on. find it because his father gave it to him. It was in his pocket. He oh. wrote on it. He folded it up, and he was like, "Okay, Here. well, he doesn't find it, but right. he but he pulls it out right. while he's you know in in the midst of everything burning and shit." After, and I think it's either before, just before, or just after seeing the baby, right? And then reads that and takes that on to be like his mission, or somebody at least put that thought into my head that he now is taking that on. That's his read of that letter, okay. which. When you found that his wife was that baby, I thought led some credence to whomever put that read into my head. Okay, I got you. That he would, you know, uh, continue that on so much so that he makes her his family so that he can continue watching over her. Okay, yeah, that wasn't my, that wasn't my read on the letter at all. I think, like I said, I think his relationship with her comes out of the fact that they are the sole survivors mm-hmm. to his knowledge of this tragedy, right right you know? right and so why wouldn't you hold on to that like that's the last remnant of a life you lost yeah either way either but way then he also on the dl yeah around with that white boy who, yeah. who racist <laughs> he racist he's is he racist he's, or is he a prejudice. He's racist. A, pro- a product he's, of his privilege. He's racist because he has powers. Like again, racism is is um, power uh, is prejudice plus power. Right. 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 Um, I mean, and I think he is a product of his time. Right. So it's like I wouldn't expect you know you you meet white people of a certain age. It's like. I suspect you you've said the N word. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. And so you know, in some 
you know, not saying that you not didn't say it like that's my homie, and not that you should be saying it. Don't be saying it. But I'm just saying I I you know I kind of approach old white people with caution because it's like you probably racist. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. so I think he was a product of his time. Is like I don't expect you to be anything, but but at the same time, it's like you're coming to him. You have you're having the sexual relationship with him, but you're also silencing him at the same time because he's telling you about Cyclops. And what this could mean and how, you know, they're uh, the police force, the clan, whatever, have this machine in order to turn black yeah, people against yeah. each other. And his response is basically like there's always going to be unrest or whatever. Again, like, you know, you can't. You, and then he says something like you have to solve um, black unrest all on your own or something like that. Yeah, it's very dismissive. Yeah, very dismissive. It's like, well, then you can find this orgasm all on your own. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. Peace. Anyway, but uh, yeah, that was. <laughs> so you know, and again, I think I thought it was actually kind of cool. Um, real quick, sorry to cut you off. That, that, that some of the scenes that they show uh, with him, you know, having sex with Captain Metropolis, um, and even his first adventure as Hooded Justice, you know, breaking post lynching or as post lynching, post lynching, okay. post lynching. Um, like the one the thing happening right after I'm saying right. before he like goes to the point of like oh I have an official costume it's more like he just put the mask on to not be seen when he saves a couple in the alley are you talking about oh that? no not, not that one when he goes and uh, follows the cop oh to the warehouse to the warehouse okay. and then ultimately is in like I guess like almost looks like a grocery store right. or something like that that those are actually you know quote unquote the real depictions of the scenes that they have shown so far from the the television show within the television show mm-hmm. American history American hero tale or right. whatever that thing is those are the scenes that they've shown of hooded justice so far in Watchmen and now you're seeing like the real the real real right. you know what i mean that uh he was actually you know um a little sloppy with with his fighting he wasn't like you know this uh, he wasn't like already a superhero he right, was right. Still very much a mass vigilante right and and for me it's like you see the sheer anger yes like, like that like that is an angry man fighting that's not like a, like again that skillful thought out like even like so let's go to my 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 dude uh john wick Whereas, like, you know, John Wick is a trained killer. And even though he's fighting for his, his life, there is, he's not angry as he's fighting. He's just doing what he, he does because he's, like, trained to do it. But, like, when Will fights, he, he that was anger. Yeah. Like, you just hear, yeah. like, even how when he gets hit, how he takes it and just, like, everything, every frustration, every time he got called nigger, every time he saw... A black man get drugged behind a police car like that. Oh, that was when they when they like, oh, do you want to ride? And he they drive by as two people like all of that. So all of that frustration, all of that. That's the power. That feeling of like impotence, and you know, and I think about specifically being like a black man because there were in the course of slavery, Jim Crow, all of that. So much was in place to keep the black man down so dehumanize like not even not dehumanize yes but also making it clear 
two black men in their families that he cannot protect you. Like, so again, okay. that, that traditional right. role of like what a man is supposed to do mm -hmm. for his family, it's like black men have never been allowed to do because if you do it, you get, you die. That's right. You That's know what right. I mean? So, so it's like all of that, like impotence from that of like not being able to stand up for just the sake of being able to make it home to your family. And so mm -hmm. how you have to kind of, um, kind of subjugate yourself or whatever, yes. you know, all of that kind of playing the role they want you to play so that you can make it home. It's like all of that coming out in those fight scenes. Like he's just an angry black man beating up white people. Yes, he was. <laughs> yes, he was. And, you know, but even still kind of channeling that to, you know, if you want to say white people who deserved that anger, like the couple that he, cause at first I thought that he, I thought it was like a black woman being raped and he saves a black woman. But then you it's like, Oh no, it's just a white couple. Mm -hmm. And he didn't attack them. He attacked the just bad the, guys, just the bad guys. Right? right? But it's still kind of, again, his ability to punch a white guy who deserves it dead in his jaw and walk away to tell the tale. It's like, that is the freedom that the hood gave him. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And I, so I think it's just like this really, really, really just interesting, um, just kind of, even if you want to like think about like the clan and, and they wear the hood and why. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's why him being the hood adjuster turned out to be a black person actually just really spoke for me because when I first saw the hood, it actually surprised me in the original comic book when it's implied that it's like, you know, some circus guy or something like that, even though that ultimately is debunked in the comic. Right. But even when that is implied, because my first digits of it, of his imagery, is that he is an inverse of the Ku Klux Klan because it is a black hood as opposed to white, white hood. with, you know, um, and with the whole noose, you know, um, imagery around his neck and his, I, I still never thought of it being a black guy, but I just thought that that was an inverse of clan, you know? Yeah, but but I thought that was a different way to represent clan. Like, because again, I'm right. thinking he's he's white, but once you find out he's black, it takes on a whole new meaning. Whole new meaning. Um, you know, and I like, I don't know. It's like, and, and my assumption is the, even after he has an official like costume, you know, when it's like customized and all that, I believe that the rope around his neck and the rope around his wrist are the, very, the same is, rope. uh, the ropes yeah. he were, was hung with. And so I'd like even to think like, why would you incorporate that into like your costume? But I think it's like that. I think that is experience is where his strength comes from. Cause you yes. talk about like almost the superhuman strength. So it's like, so imagine wearing the thing that somebody almost killed you with and like what that has to do to, mm -hmm. you to remember that's it's like the it's like i'm not scared of you i'm literally wearing the rope that i was hanging from you know what i mean and yeah, then like yeah. like the fact that again so the, not only the anger but just kind of whatever energy he's pulling from kind of donning his death shroud like yes. that's what he's wearing it, and, remi it reminded me of uh in the, going back to comics there's this comic book um Astro City. Oh, mm -hmm. And there's a character in there, the confessor, who is a priest who back in the eight, I think it was in the 1800s, got turned by a vampire. Okay. Um, so he has to deal with, he's a priest, now he's a vampire, so he has to kill people. But he that's conflicting with him being a priest. So he takes on the, the role of the confessor, who is a vigilante, who... Though he is a vampire, wears a cross 
his his costume is a cross, which if you know in vampire lore is you know means death to a, a to a vampire, and he wears that as you know punishing himself for the sin of being a vampire, and it thus keeps him from ever giving in to his vampire um, desires as he is out there fighting crime. Okay. It's really dope. It's probably one of the Astro City's been going on for twenty years, and that one storyline is one of the best storylines they've ever done. I I reread it at least once a year. It's so great. So seeing that with the whole noose imagery just brought that home to me. And yes, it did make me pick up Astro City, and now reread it. <laughs> um. So it was. It, so I feel you on that. That is where he pulls his his strength from, and um uh but i also felt the turn that he that he goes through when ultimately i guess he wisens up because his wife has been telling him the whole time that metropolis and all of the minutemen are not on his side right and he basically has to go fight the fight for himself for right. himself um yeah they said this is not in line with our brand or something such yeah. like that yes yeah, <laughs> like, i mean Ooh. <laughs> I'm surprised. I would like to think that their relationship ended after that. <laughs> but but then again, at the same time, being a man on the DL and specifically being a black man on the DL, that is also an outlet for him for, you know, this, this aspect of who he is that mm-hmm. he can't just be open with. So I would also understand him being torn. Like, I actually don't really like this guy, but this allows me to explore this other facet of myself that I don't, I have to hide in, yes. my, in my everyday yes. life. So I want to think that, I think that may have been the end of him. Uh, like when he like kind of just left, like, and he yeah. really did it himself. Yeah. And I think that almost, I think we're left to imply that that signals the end of hooded justice. That he, oh. that he stops being hooded justice after that, especially when he comes home and sees his, his son playing, you know, like he's going to be Hooded Justice. He's like, no, no, no. Because the comic book does speak to Hooded Justice kind of like dipped out. He okay. Like, he like needs I, to it's, it's been so long, I can't remember, but I... So he... Because he, I'm, what's his name? Mason Hollister? The Hol- Captain Metropolis, yeah. Mason. Oh, oh, is that... Oh, no, no, because no. Hollis Mason is Night Out. Hollis Mason is Night Out, sorry. Right. I'm missing no, his name. No, um... Uh, Captain Metropolis is Nelson something. Okay, but did Hollis Mason write about the departure of the Hooded Justice? He just says the Hooded Justice left the scene. Okay. Now, in in his book, because in the, in the comic book, uh, in the comic book Watchmen, Hollis Mason, the Night Owl, wrote this book. Kind of tell all. Tell all of his version of Watchmen, the Minutemen history. But he can only infer, he's the one that gives the inference that the Justice was actually like this, I think, Russian um, carnival strongman, um, even though it does get debunked. And he is the one, if you read in the comic book, talks about their his relationship with Nelson um, and says that after a point, after the Minuteman kind of like died out, Hooded Justice kind of like just left the scene. No one saw him. No one okay. saw him again. But because Nelson in the book is inferred to still be dating a guy who 
you're left to believe may have been hooded justice. Right. But you ultimately learn that Don't it's not because it was a white guy. Oh, okay. Well, I guess now you learn that it's, it's not. Right. You're not, it's very ambiguous in the in the book. Right. Yeah, I'm gonna have to, I gotta reread. This, like everything that's happened is just making me want to go back and reread the book. It's hard, what's hard for me is that I know as far as the this, this series, the canon is the Watchmen comic. But as far as me, being a comic book reader, my headcanon is the Watchmen comic, but then it's also the Minutemen miniseries that Darwin Cook did years later, okay. which is kind of like the prequel of how the Minutemen came to be, which doesn't debunk anything from the comic, but then it's a totally different backstory. Right. You know? And but but the show itself is only it's using only... the original Watchmen, so it's so if you wanna you that that's almost like a piece of continuity. Or it's not you know, it's not Yeah, it's uh, a continuity you can't you can't put layer in. it in or yeah. it just confuses things. It, yeah, it, it does a little bit. Not not a whole lot, but it does confuse it a little bit. But so would you say for the the Minutemen series, was it a was it a good enough read that you should kind of again do that thing where okay I have to just suspend belief to kind of take this in but it was worth the read or would you say don't even kind of mess with the purity of like what is happening between the book and the show well because because the Minutemen series is decidedly a prequel is set in that time before you know Watchmen it's like set in the 50s 60s um, you could read it and it doesn't debunk anything in Watchmen, and because it and because it doesn't debunk anything in Watchmen, it technically doesn't debunk anything in the mini, in the TV show. Mm-hmm. So you could read it, and it adds just a little bit of color. Like there's a very heavy inference that Hooded Justice is this Russian strongman in Minutemen, okay. but there also is a very strong implication that the hooded justice did some things to little boys in Ooh. in the in the in Minutemen. Again, it's debunked, but it's so heavily implied in in the book that your head still goes there. Your, your head kind of still goes there and you have to remember that the the book ends on it being debunked. Right. Because for much of the of much of the book is like this dude might be fucking little boys. You know what I mean? Um, so I it's a good read. It's a great, it's a great comic. Um, so if you want to read it after Watchmen, sure, go ahead. You don't you enjoy yourself. It's great art, it's a great story. But um, you don't need to. It may confuse you. Like Eric will never read it. <laughs> well, it. we we've we've uh We've established that. Yes, we've established that. He's told us in, in very clear language he'll need it. He's not doing that. <laughs> so now, so that's episode six. Yep. Now we go to episode seven, which is the aftermath of Angela taking all of these, um, taking all of the nostalgia pills, yep. go, reliving her grandfather's memories. Now she has to kind of like recreate her own memories as a way to kind of flush his memories out. Right. So we learn the origin, more or less, of uh, Sister Knight. Right. And even where the name comes from. Right. Yeah. Uh, and we learn a little bit more about Lady True. Yes. Um, Laura Blake. 
yeah. um, stuff is going left with Laura Blake and Cal. We learned the truth about Cal, which on Men in the Trunk, episodes one through five, I'll review. You can go back. You can find it on blacktribbles.com. You can find it on michellemission.com. I, the other half of the Michelle Mission, told everyone that Cal could very possibly be Dr. Midnight. I even pointed it Dr. out. Dr. Manhattan. Dr. I always want to say Dr. Midnight. Midnight. Dr. Manhattan. Dr. Midnight, and that is, well, actually, well, there, there is a Dr. Midnight. Same. Who is Dr. Midnight? Dr. Midnight is from the Justice Society of America. No. So I was well, referencing. I'm, I'm Eric on that when I read that. <laughs> anyway, he's Dr. Manhattan. And I pointed out the breadcrumbs where it could, it, it, you know, they kind of like, this makes sense. It reads that he could be Dr. Manhattan. Wait, so you did say that. And I do remember you talking about breadcrumbs. There were texts about breadcrumbs last night and all caps. <laughs> and I was like, calm down. Yes, between me, I'm, Ariel, and Eric. Yeah, but I'm still watching it because I started it late. Um, but... That was like fan theory, right? It was a fan it theory. It was a fan theory. So you were feeding off of the theory, but then you were, you were like, this is the theory that I heard, and then these are the crumbs that lead you to and, say and that, then that I said, And it makes sense. Holds. Yes. And I agree with you. And I don't think, I wasn't thinking about it in that way, but it's like, so the things that we do know about Dr. Manhattan, he can't have kids. Angela and Cal do not have their own children. All right. of their children are adopted. Um, for me... The Lori piece was uh, compelling because she keeps commenting on how handsome he is. And at first it's like, well, yeah, I mean, he's Yaya. You know, if you married a Yaya, you got to be ready for, <laughs> for bitches to come in and be like, mm, and it's like, you get that one because he takes, he does take take you aback he pretty but then she kept coming back and i was like what is going on so the fact plus that you also she also kept talking about how she was she saw cal off screen like right. we've never seen it and she had like at least two meetings mm -hmm. with him but we never see what their interaction is exactly um so so and what was did you have any more uh, i uh, there, there was um one was how detached he seemed to be emotionally especially when he talks to his uh, adopted daughter about death. Okay. And he's very like matter of factly. You know, what happens when you die? It's like, well, you're nothing. Right. You know, he's very matter of fact about that. Talks about him having an accident that you know how he changed after the accident, and nobody ever knows what the accident was. Right. And it was in this episode, episode seven, where you first hear the inference of how. He didn't even remember anything from before the accident. It kind of like rebuilt his life right. after the accident, which is another inference like, okay, you were creating this life. Right. Um, and the one thing that always stood out to me, and it was a very small thing, and I don't know if anybody ever pointed it out, but was that when you see the imagery that they showed, you know, of Dr. Manhattan supposedly on Mars. Mm -hmm. And everybody makes this big deal about how it looks like this construct that he seems to be building and then destroying looks like it might be um, Vite's home or okay. something like that. But the one thing that always struck out to me was that that grainy piece of footage always looked like it could have been almost like on a loop. 
Mm. And I I never heard anybody say that, but it almost looked like one of those things like, you know, how, you know, you go in the spy thing and they they change the video and now it looks like it almost looked like it was like, so that's the that one little piece of imagery seems to be everybody's go to when they point to what Dr. Manhattan is doing. It's always that same thing. So you mean to tell me that's the only thing? If, if you are He's actually been gone thirty years, and that's all he did. Yeah, that's yeah. actually all, whatever satellite you've got that's looking at him on there. That's the only thing you're seeing. You really think that's what he's doing? So that always like puzzled me. And then the other thing, going to the whole Yaya thing of it, is that if you're going to be Doctor Manhattan. And you're going to turn yourself into a human being. You're going to be as close to a like physical perfection of a human being as you can be. Um, and outside of the rock, who was who is incredible shape, but doesn't even look human anymore. <laughs> He's so fucking big. Right. Like Yahya Abdul Mateen the <laughs> second. May be the second coming of the best looking person on earth because there was a scene, not even this scene, not even this episode, but there was a one episode where he's just, I think, walking to the car and I'm like, God damn. I mean, like. Like I'm like so is he your one Len? It's like if he, he if like, he came and said come here, you'd be like, all right. <laughs> my legs might start walking before my brain starts talking. Like, nigga, where you going? Cause like, yo. And then in this scene, he walks up to the cop because you you did this. Me becoming a friend with you, Ariel, have done this thing where I notice now, one thing I notice on men more than ever before. Our arms. Arms? <laughs> and he in this this episode walks up to um uh Red Scare and um what's the other chick? Oh, Pirate Jenny, my Pirate girl. Jenny. I would be Pirate Jenny if I was in this show. It's like Pirate Jenny, she got the fish net on her face. Like, Come on, girls. Go ahead, go ahead. He walks up to their car. And he's got a sweatshirt on. And I'm looking, I'm like, God damn that man is falling out that sweatshirt. That's a pretty man. That's motherfucking Dr. Manhattan. Fuck y'all. <laughs> that Dr. Manhattan, that, that told me right there. Like, this motherfucking Dr. Manhattan. He motherfucking Dr. Manhattan. God damn it. Fuck y'all. He Dr. Manhattan. Ugh. So yes, so yes. Yes. He is Dr. Manhattan. He is Dr. Manhattan. What do you think? What what did you real quick? What did you think about Angela's origin? Her origin story. It was so sad. I know, wasn't it? Because uh, so I so it never a, stops being sad. It never stops being sad. So you know, so crossing over from episode six. So we know. Um, we I gotta look up the mom's name, but we know his mom leaves Will. Yes. Mom leaves Will. Like you crazy. You're not going to be putting your hands on my son. <laughs> Lee out. Um, leaves him. But then to find out later on that their relationship kind of crumbles and falls apart. And he goes off to serve in the military. Does not put get like put her on any of his documents. Because basically when he dies in that explosion, that like terrorist attack. Yeah. Um, she didn't even know 
that a he was dead and i'm not even sure if she knew angela existed no she didn't and because he was because she had to i forget how she said she found out and then finds out that and they had but they had a kid that's still alive Mm -hmm. because he didn't even list her as next of kin to be contacted if anything happens because he said he never wanted to see her again yeah um so when she finds him and then so you have this moment of hope because she's in like you know this i guess stereotypical you know kind of idea of like what what an orphanage would be like just you know very cold and being yelled at all the time and then here comes this woman who doesn't know this little girl but loves her and you think like okay well she's gonna come home she's gonna be with family she's gonna learn a little bit more about herself because clearly her father wasn't telling her stuff so she's Mm -hmm. gonna learn about who she really comes from um and then she collapses behind the car. I know. Like, but and the, but then what I thought was beautiful because then you go back and they keep showing these flashes, so you realize when she was in her police uniform as Will and uh, the the um, white slash mom, her grandma hugs her. She's almost in tears. And that when I when I watch episode six, I just think it's because. She's clearly somebody who hasn't been connected with her family or maybe she hasn't seen her grandmom in a long time. Right. So just the idea of like being her. hugged by her. But then you go back and you realize it's because she was so close to having that connection and, and lost it and like that. It. And so just to be like, feel like her hugging her. Wow, she, you're you right. Her face, she's almost in tears. She is. Like, because she remembers this woman who came to save me and then so I, it, it, abandoned it, all over again. And you and you it. Yeah, you're right because at that moment it's it's a blending of of the memories, of the memories. It's, it's grandpa's memory, but uh, oh yeah, you're and and even in wow. learning because she I didn't even she read had it, very little right. time with her grandma, but you could tell she liked her because even when she's sitting in the car, she's smiling. Her she's grand, ready. Her grandma's like, "We're going to watch Sister Night. This is one of my favorite movies." You know what I mean? Just kind of all of gets that. her. She gets her yeah. like immediately, and then to experience her grandfather's memories to get a better understanding of who she was, just even as a young woman and how strong she was. Yes, to walk away from a man who she saw as being like you were on a path that I cannot walk with you, and I'm not going to let you take us there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think she got a new level of respect for who that woman was that she she knew so briefly. Yeah, you know what I mean? I just thought that was like a nice piece too and again then you can read more into her interactions with her even as she's experiencing everything through the lens of like will yeah oh. um but yeah and, and so then it's like i because so she she does grow up in um the i also thought real, real quick I, I i also thought it was a nice little touch of her having the in, inspiration uh you know further inspiration about going into law enforcement from a Vietnamese yeah. police, officer police officer that was a woman. Right. I actually kind of like that because as well. Because when, because when, she identifies the man and then she, and then she says, well, can I watch or can I listen? Can I listen? Because she knows his, what's going to happen. To his execution. And it's like, so already we see she's like a no, no bullshit kind yep. of girl. Like she's like, I know what you're going to do to him, but I want to be there because he killed, he took my life from me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so you, you see the kind of, you understand why Angela is the woman that she is. And she clearly, because her grandmom died, so she, I think, went back to the orphanage and really did grow up in Vietnam. But then when she was of age, she came back to Tulsa. She said, because that's where we're from. That's what her grandmom says. And so that's where she goes back. And she has no reason to go back there because there's no family there. But she wants that connection, I think, that that kind of thing that slipped through her fingers. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, which brings her back to, to Tulsa. Um, yeah, but I just, I, that it, it made me really sad. It did. It did. Cause it again, did. you, you find like, okay, well she lost her parents and that is horrible, but she's not alone. And then she was, and then to have that hope and then have it like, I just snatched, snatched away her. from you. Oh my God. Yeah. It was, it was gut wrenching. Um, but, but then she's thinking that she's connected to her grandfather the whole time, like flushing his memories, getting her memories. It's a damn elephant. <laughs> I said, and then when she, but here's the thing, when she saw the elephant, she snatched that thing out. She said, I'm a fine and true, and I'm a fucker up. I said, this bitch got me hooked to a goddamn elephant. I've been hooked to an elephant for days. I'm angry. Oh, my God. That was so, that was so fucking funny. That was so fucking funny. And oh I, in God. my mind, I was like, an elephant never forgets. I know. <laughs> I know. That's exactly what you're thinking. Oh, my God. It was so fucking... Oh, shit. I was like, a goddamn elephant. Oh, shit. That was so funny. But, so so going back to that, so going back to this memory piece, because a thing that I didn't see coming was Lady True's daughter. Um, and when she it says it's like oh because basically the the young woman is saying she's having dreams of being an old woman and Angela's like whose memories are you feeding and she was like they're her she's not my daughter she's my mother I know because and I thought she was a clone but for some reason I thought she was cloning herself so you thought the little girl was a young lady true yes okay but so the one thing that this does debunk then because I did like I like Vince's theory that Doctor Manhattan saved. Not maybe not the woman, but the baby. Mm-hmm. And Lady True is maybe the the also the daughter of the comedian. So her and Lori are sisters. But now I feel like that's not well, I, th- that doesn't debunk that. Big well, So then that would mean that Doctor Manhattan also saved the mom, or do you think it's like her adopted mother? Because the only way her mom could be with her is either he saved the woman, not just the baby, or that is Lady True is the daughter of comedian, but somebody adopted her. Oh, um, because remember, I mean, he. Oh, that's right. Did he shoot her in the head? I mean, it was like a. No, I don't think it. It wasn't the head. No, I don't think it was the head because, Uh, um, I. Now I I don't remember the scene. I don't. For some reason, I don't think it was the head. For some reason, I think it was more along, like around the belly, because he was finding out that she was pregnant. No, she. No, 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 no. Because she was hugely pregnant. Right. So I don't think I think he knew she was pregnant. He didn't care. Yeah. I have to look. I got to look, look at, at it again. again. But I, 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 I don't think that it necessarily debunks his theory. I hear what you're saying, how mm-hmm. it very likely does, but I don't think it necessarily debunks. I don't his want theory. it to because I liked that. I like that. I, thing. I, I, like, that. I like that connection. Mm-hmm. You know, again, just kind of linking the past and the present. You know, yeah. in this universe, I really like that. I like I that. Would have been a nice. I'm time. still trying to figure out. And I guess it'll be spelled out because the one thing we have learned about Lady True is that it seems that she is more altruistic than we've been believing. Right. So I'm like, okay, what is the end game? What's her end game? How is she saving the world? What about this clock is going to save the world? Right. I don't know. I don't know because she's been fake, you know, because we find out that she's been faking this whole call up to Dr. Manhattan thing. Mm-hmm. Like those are all just like bullshit. 
Even right. Laurie's falling for the bullshit. Right. Even though I think Laurie on some level thought it was bullshit. Well, I mean, she even said she was like, I don't even know if you're listening. I don't even know if you're up there. Right. But but it's it was like for her cathartic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so you learned that that's, you know, well, you decidedly learned that that's all bullshit. Right. Um, but even in a way, that is still her trying to give people something, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, all right, so what's the end game here? And where is, where's Pop? Where is, where the fuck is he? Where, where is he? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but also... So just continuing this train of thought before we go down. So she she tells Lori, I mean, she tells Angela about that the plan is actually the 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 7th Cavalry plan is to de- is to destroy Dr. Manhattan. Manhattan and then become him. And then become him, right. which is what gives Angela, you know, the impetus like All right, I got to get out of here, go home. And then she has to I guess kill Cal in order for him to and, and pull something out of his pulls the Dr. Manhattan symbol out like off him and it's yeah and and I'm remembering for from the comic that was like burn because I remember he, he did, burns it he burns it into himself so I feel like that device whatever it was was some sort of suppressant mm. um I don't know because again, it, it, she she he doesn't know when she comes back and she and she's like John, it's time. He doesn't know what she's talking about. Yeah, he got to so, come out of the tunnel. Yeah, so whatever that is, it's like suppressing who he really is, so that right. he can be Cal. Yeah, because um, even she says, but but she, just so you know, this was your idea, kind of thing, like reminding him, and then like after taking it out, then he's gonna. You know he he will regain his memories, his understanding, and his true form. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that that was an interesting thing because he certainly never did that for anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. So to say, because even like they have like a scene where they meet, and he says something about "I love you," and 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 she was like, "You knew that before you walk up to me." He was like, "I don't have a concept of before," or like which was just like interesting, but. In in with his previous relationship with, uh, oh, oh, you're not talking about Lori. You're talking about the person before Lori. I can't remember the, the woman whose watch he went in to get, which yes. caused him to be Doctor Manhattan, um, who died of cancer. And then Lori, he never became human for them. No. And then, but for Angela, because when they meet, he's not like he's he's Doctor Manhattan and he's wearing clothes. Uh, um, but he becomes. He gives up that part of himself to be with her, and it's is and so my question is: Was it, you know, to keep himself safe more or less, or is it because he really wanted a life with her and he knew he couldn't if he was still Doctor? What do you mean? So we talk about when he met when he met Angela. Yeah, because they met, I think, in Vietnam, and they were in like a bar, and she and he had like a suit on. Like it's a brief flash, and you don't see his face, but you see parts of him, and he's like dressed. I don't remember that scene. And, and I, I mean, I hope I'm remembering it correctly, but but he is Dr. Manhattan when they meet and then he becomes Do you see Cal. Blue? You do. I got to watch it again. I yeah, watch but you never again. see his face because right. I, I, I was like, oh, we're going to lose uh, 
Billy Kudak. We're going to do this. No, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because oh. you got to remember right, right, the right. original John is a white guy. Right, right, right. Um, so I doubt that if, if again, kind of sticking with canon, they're not going to put Yaya in blue paint. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. his. It's going to be whoever yeah. that guy was. Right, in, right. Cast, yeah. Uh, um, I, I, I got to watch the episode again. I don't remember that scene. Um, but yeah, I guess that does. I, I, I'm. Go on your recollection of it, yeah, and and I mean, and so and and so again, and so for me, I just wonder like about their love story that he gives up. Well, that would show that his him godhood, but that would also show him progressing as far as his relationships with humanity, with humanity, because he were with his old girlfriend. He his relationship was in one way with Lori was another, and so now he's he's trying to progress, trying to and ultimately had a relatively successful relationship with Angela, you know, um, and with, which probably would have continued on if it were not for the seventh Calvary, you know, and their plan, which we kind of first heard about when Lori is caught by Mrs. Crawford. She goes to see. Yeah. And it seemed like she might be in charge. Yes. Cause she was like, Oh, is this not the part where I confess? And I'm like, who, are, it's like so it's just yeah it's just like nothing's what you seen because even I'm I like, love the scene how she pulls out this old remote control and it's, it's all of a sudden we're in Austin Powers because the button doesn't work yeah. she's like she's like what the fuck are you doing it's like this shit is supposed to and I, and I was mad because I expected Lori to get up because if you see somebody pointing something at you it's like well let me get off this chair because mm-hmm. clearly you know what I mean and and just I wanted her like her vigilanteism to like kick in and not just sit there asking questions like get up punch this bitch <laughs> like true that out, true like, knock that out of her hand like I'm not gonna sit there while you figure it out yeah, but um, you, you you certainly whatever she's pressing you're not expecting it to be a trap door if you talk to somebody they start talking crazy and pull out a remote I'm expecting all things I'm like let uh, me okay it's like we just entered Indiana Jones territory <laughs> I don't know what's going to open up because she is pointing this remote hard like something is supposed to happen so let me get on out the way like that's me I, I don't trust nobody uh, but, okay. but I thought that was an interesting twist I also thought the twist that Angela knew it was John because I thought if 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 John is hiding oh, really yeah I thought if John was hiding I thought it was going to be a thing where like lady true or even Lori was like you know had to tell the truth like, to like, Angela. like you know your husband you know that's not like cow or whatever oh no no but but so I was actually surprised that she was in on the whole thing mm. and 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 clearly the only person that knows what's going on because he didn't you know what I mean she's right. keep she's keeping his whole secret because he's not even in on it because he's got this implanted amnesia essentially which also kind of I think there's a bit of a, th- a fan theory that when you don't see Lori's interactions with Cal, you know, on the show, even though you there, you hear about them, the theory is that maybe her, him and Cal, her and Cal are doing a little, you know, Dang. something, something. Mm-hmm. Um, but him distinctly not having any recollection that he's Dr. Manhattan debunks that. Right. You know, it doesn't debunk that Lori is with him so much because she may know, right? But it debunks that anything kind of went down. Because he's, he's like, huh? You know? Yeah, he he decidedly would not would not go there. And you know, 
you know, Gene Smart's nice looking, but it was Gene Smart, Regina King. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The choice has been made. The die is cast. Get the fuck out of my face. You know, come on, baby. Let's go to the closet. <laughs> Keep it in the closet. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, uh, I would, I'd like to make a trap in the closet joke, but we can't make those jokes. Anymore. No, we cannot. God damn it. <laughs> damn you, R. Kelly. Um, yes, we are surviving. Um, yeah, so, but I don't like that Lori is caught. I don't like that. I wanted to yeah, be smarter yeah, than it that. Did, it didn't make sense. It's like, so she was literally there five minutes, like, trying to figure, I would have kicked the hoe. It's like, I'm sorry, I don't know what you're doing, yeah. but I don't let people point remotes at but, me. But, but I think by, by the time she realizes that, she finds the button, and she's dropping down, obviously knocking herself, and gets knocked out. So, you know... I, I give her a pass. It's been some years since she's been a vigilante. She, it's been a year since she's been a vigilante, but she's a fucking FBI agent. Okay. You don't, Walking around. You're not, in, some, in some situations, you let your guard down. And you're not... While, while the lady starts talking sideways, you're still trying to deal with what is she saying before you even process it. And she's pressing her... What are you saying? What's that in your hand? Boom! I'm 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 knocked the fuck out. It wasn't boom. There was there were some moments. Okay, well, and she's an older woman now. So what? I'm giving I'm giving her a pass. It is a okay. It's a comedy. It's like we've already established she can keep up with the youngins. (laughs) What's what's her partner's name with the dudes? Petey. Petey. Well, well, so she can so she can move. Quiet is kept. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot of older people that I think can keep up with Petey. Petey, <laughs> Petey don't look like he's bringing. You know, <laughs> he's bringing the fun. <laughs> <laughs> so that ain't saying much that you kept up with Petey Weekstraw. Um, but um, I don't know. I just don't like the idea that she's caught. But I do like that we find out that my man Glassface got hands because he gave work. To oh, the 7th Cavalry. Yeah, I forgot about that. Because Petey goes and he was like, okay, so I don't think he's part of it. Because there are like five or six of them here and they're all dead. They're all decidedly dead. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah. I wish we could have seen him give hands. Because we are, we had already talked about how he he don't look like he got hands. Yeah. He, you know, he's good at what he does, but it's not that. But apparently, he either got hands or he got a lot of guns. Right. Which I can see that too. Yeah, I could, I could definitely see that. He Because yeah. he, he gave work. He gave work, which then also because, okay, okay, so, so, so Angela at the end goes to reawaken Dr. Manhattan. Yes. But as she's pulling into the house, there's somebody watching her. It's, yeah, because it's, I mean, it's, and I think that's why she's rushing because basically she knows. Lady True tells her that their whole thing is to get him. And so she's, running home so i think like seeing them out there was not a surprise and and but and i don't think she saw them out there i don't think she saw them but, but us but seeing them, us out seeing there. them i yes. think wasn't a surprise and then that's when you're kind of putting it together like well, why are they outside of her house and then you know cow and then it's like oh like, you know what i mean and, and then all of that like I'm but, and now all of a sudden the ticking clock is because she's awakened dr manhattan right but what else has to happen to fully form Dr. Manhattan before these people that are outside get into the house? Right. Yeah. And I guess I'm confused because I guess I'm thinking for their plan to work because clearly they're outside their, their, her house. So they know or their house. So they know who he is. 
can they take him as Dr. Manhattan? So the fact that she woke him up, I feel like, does that make the plan move? Yeah, see, but you don't know if she woke him up. All you know, all you saw... No, because she says, hey, baby. But she's still talking to the symbol. No, she's talking to the blue light off the screen. I thought she was talking to the symbol. No, so she's holding it, and then she's like, hey, baby. Like, I feel like she's looking dead ahead, and you see her blue flashing on her face like he is forming. Okay. And I mean, so the, the question is, what is that device and who made it, right? Did he make like... And how, okay, and how fully formed is he at the end of the episode? Right, because we they, don't see that. Because you don't see that because they begin to very likely... I, you know what I just realized? I think the scene where he says he's in love, was she, was I, were you in love with me before? I think that was a preview of next week. So maybe that's why you don't remember. Oh. That didn't happen in the episode, but I remember seeing it. Okay. So, so okay. that's to come. Right. Because I don't watch the previews for the final. Oh, you don't? No, I don't. Oh, I got to know. <laughs> I don't I don't need yeah, to know. So that, that actually, okay. Yeah, so we'll see more of that next week. But um, Which makes sense. If you, uh, again, going back to the comic books, as the story would progress in the later issues of the comic book, because the comic book is only 12 issues. Mm-hmm. In the later stories of the comic, the story would still progress, but each story would kind of be like a backstory. As as it further along, the stories would start having backstory origins of like Rorschach and Doctor Manhattan, and and I don't know if you ever actually ever see Vite's origin, but it be right. be like backstories, and it makes sense that now as this is progressing along, it's still progressing. But they're but, filling in backstories, right. you know, so it would make sense that next. And I and I, I think I even alluded to Eric. I got a funny feeling next week. All of what these little breadcrumbs we've seen, everything will be spelled out next week as to how Cal is Dr. Manhattan. Right. Um, so you saying that makes me say, OK, yeah, that makes sense. We'll learn that backstory. But I'm curious Seventh Cavalry is outside. They see Angela. They know that Angela, and especially they see her running into the house. Oh, she might be putting, uh, you know, some gum in our works. You know, whatever their timetable is to get Dr. Manhattan. Maybe that Seventh Cavalry guy goes in there to kind of like flummox things. Angela is not in Sister Night Gear. Right. Dr. Manhattan may not be fully Manhattan yet. Right. And him comes looking glass to save the day. Possibly because he, we don't know where he we is. We don't know where he is. Yeah. He's in the wind. He's in the wind. And we hope, hopefully not just sitting there in his bunker. Well, he's not in the bunker because that's where the, the 10th Calvary people were dead. They were not in his nope. house. They were in his bunker. They were under, that was the underground spot. Oh, oh, I thought that was the house. No, that was the underground spot. That they okay, were so he's not in the bunker. So, so, oh, so he's in the wind. He's in the wind. Or... It could be Condom King. Luba. <laughs> Luba. 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 <laughs> it could be Luba. The return. I, I I still want to make a case that Luba Man is Petey. Is Petey? <laughs> I, 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 that tracks. Yeah, I think it tracks. I think it does. It could be Petey. That would be and, funny. And yeah, and I think Eric is one that said it. It's like, you do, do not introduce a character like Luba Man on your night. Him 
you know, whatever. Oh, man. Oh, man. That needs to be a special edition Black Trouble shirt. <laughs> Get on that lens. Lube up. A, a special edition Black Trouble shirt? Yeah. Lube up. We'll make it. We'll make it so. We'll make it so. I'm putting together new merch as we speak. So we'll make it so. <sighs> it's such a good show. I need to, I need to do... I'm So I am a... I like to immerse myself in the fictional world. So I am... Especially when it comes to like uh, film and TV stuff, I am horrible with knowing like who wrote it, who directed it. Mm. But that is an episode. It's like I need to know everybody's name who was on the back end of that project because it was just so well done. Um, both episodes or one episode in particular? Well, both episodes, but specifically just the way that they told the story for episode six mm-hmm. was like nothing I ever I've ever seen. Like I, I, I've never experienced television like that. You know what I mean? Like it was like, it's what? not television. It's HBO. <laughs> Thank you, Lynn. Thanks <laughs> that plug. HBO, you can send the check too. So. Um, but yeah, it, it was just like that. Just, it was just so well done. And like I said, the cinematography, I don't necessarily know that I watch things and think necessarily think about the cinematography oh, yeah, right. but just like the choices I was like mm-hmm. oh my you know and again I think even just being more involved with like tribbles and you know this and that and seeing how things are, are decisions that are being made behind the scenes it didn't just come together right and yeah. so now you think like everything that happened somebody made that decision that is a fantastic it is fucking episode just visually the storytelling i do believe it was a black man that directed it but even just kind of the nuances of race mm-hmm. like both in the writing and in the direction you know black people had their hands on that story yeah. you know and you can yeah. always tell the difference because even when like in episode six when we're at the uh at the uh, cor- uh, coronation, I don't know, <laughs> not a coronation, but like the police penning. Yes. And I'm looking at the stage and I'm looking at all those white faces and I see him. Mm-hmm. And even before it, they got to him, I was like, they're going to skip him because I know how this works. You yeah, know what I mean? I know, this I know how this country works. Yes. I was like, yes, they're not yes. going to honor him like they're honoring everybody else. And then sure enough, boop, boop, they skip past. But then it was like this beautiful thing where it's like this black man is pinning him and then for them to have that exchange of like well you're the reason i joined the force and you know even um he's like it is my honor to pin this on you and then you see angela's face and she's smiling and it's a place of pride i think for her grandfather but also to be acknowledged by this black man and and so even it's funny because even in like you were trying to disrespect me by not pinning me like you're going to pin all these white boys but little do you know, it is my honor to be penned by this man because I ain't right. doing the force because of you. I join the force because of him. Right. And so even though in this, even in this place of like trying to belittle him, they didn't. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. I just thought that was even just this beautiful scene. Like this thing is like, oh, this was supposed to knock you down a peg. But just like you feel his pride, you feel her pride seeing her, her grandfather achieve. And I do think that the, the cop who penned him also felt pride it's like you know i i don't know i just thought like again just those like those little those little nuances like that is a black experience and right. nobody else can tell that story but us that you know? uh that episode episode six which was titled this extraordinary being 
was written by Damon Lindelof um, and Cord Jefferson and directed by Stephen Williams. Um, that was the director. Episode seven, an almost religious awe, written by two women, yeah. Stacy Osei Kufour and Claire uh, Keigel, and directed by David Samel. And her grandmother's name is June. June. Yeah. Yeah, so and Stephen Williams, yeah. uh, a, a black man. A black man. Yeah. Uh, he actually kind of looks like a boss I once had. He, he could have been. <laughs> he could be. Um, he could be. Oh, interesting. Next and next, the next episode, episode eight, um, which will be titled "A God Walks Into a Bar," will be directed by a woman, Nicole Cassell. Nice. Yeah, Damon Damon Lindelof. I listened to a um, a uh, a podcast when he was talking about putting the the show together, and he spoke about how he in the Developing his writing, his writing team and, and producers for the show, you know, he got, you know, a couple of his usual guys that he, he that he gets who are decidedly um, white, white men. But then he knew one because of the story that he wanted to tell and more so because of just where we are as a culture that he needed other voices in this room and once he started reaching out to them he was only slightly amazed that he and his white guys are greatly outnumbered by the women uh and faces of other color that are on the back end of Mm. this series um and he was and he actually said that in answering a question about the diversity. He wasn't even trying to get props for it. You know, he's just saying that this is how it worked out. And it's um, and. This is how it should be, and it's amazingly easy for it to be so if you are just open your mind to it. Just yes, Matt Damon, it does matter who's behind the camera, the camera. I'll never forgive you. That Matt Damon's canceled people, in case you didn't know. Wow. But every time I just think about that because, again, so many times it's like, well, you're in it, so why do you need to write it? It's like, I need to write it so it actually speaks to a true experience and not, again, the black experience in the white imagination, you know? Um, but is that to say that someone else? can't tell our story well. No, I'm not saying that. Um, Because I think think anybody can tell anybody else's story well, but Mm. you can't talk out your ass. Like, you know what I mean? You have to, you have to talk to people. You have to really do your research and, and, you know, have somebody that you're, okay, I wrote this. Can I read this to you? what does this seem true? Like, can you tweak it? Like, again, because it's like, you know, you can't, if you're a white dude, you cannot write a black woman because you don't know shit about shit. You know what I mean? You might you don't think a, 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 a white person can't write a black woman at all. I don't, I mean, not without research. Okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I am a black woman. I spend a great deal of my time with black women. I can sit down and write a black woman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You can't do that. I mean, unless you have been adopted, like unless you like straight from your head, right? Unless you was adopted by Angela 
Abar <laughs> and raised by black Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And and so your your inner circle was black people. Mm-hmm. And so again, but even but even still, that's not every if you're out on your own, you you don't experience life as a black person, but you might observe it being in close quarters with it, right? Mm-hmm. Where you, you can like, okay, well I know this was my you know, my adopted mom's experience or my wife's experience or, you know, if you have like a biracial daughter, this is my daughter's experience. Yeah, then yeah. Right. But I mean, but but it has to you you are feel you are um kind of being the speaker for somebody else's story. So I feel like you can't you can't generate that sound. You gotta be plugged into somebody whose experience right, it was. Right. You've got to be the conduit for, for that for as that. opposed to being the voice. The voice, right. And gotcha. so I feel like not saying that you can't do it well, um but but there's a level of research that has to come with it because there I mean there are a lot of okay. the white white writers that write non non white characters I think um like Brian K Vaughn wrote Agent Three Five Five and Doctor Man you yeah. know what I mean so yeah. to to women but from you know different cultures backgrounds mm-hmm. and I thought he wrote them well yes. but I don't think that just came out of his head I think he had folks that he bounced scripts off of like how does this read is you know, does this sound natural? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think As opposed to Brian Azzarello, who sometimes writes out of his ass when he writes other cultures. Who was he written? I'm sorry. He wrote uh, 100 Bullets. Oh, okay. Um, he's written, he's, he's written, he's written some good stuff, but he's written some problematic, like, characters before. Yeah, and I, I mean, and I think you can always tell. Like, I mean, that was the one thing I liked about Luke Cage from the door. It was like, there are black people in that writing room. Like, with, with um... Well, yeah, yeah, no, but I'm just saying, but it, it very well could, that could, didn't, could have, didn't, have that didn't have to True. be the case, right? And, but you think about, like, just, and, like, little nuances when um, Mariah calls Cottonmouth color struck, and she mm-hmm. said, what's your color struck ass? White people don't know what that is. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Unless yeah. they studied it if they took a class in college, because that is something that is du- a direct result of slavery and colonization. Mm-hmm. And that is, so it's something that happened that that is something that we we that has been kind of folded into our identity though the source of it is whiteness but white people don't know they did that yeah you yeah, know what yeah. i mean they don't know the history of that they they just think we black right you or know? even the, the scene that a lot of people point to from luke cage is when misty and her i think it's i forget it's a police chief who she goes to somebody's house um, and you find out that, you know, she, I think she was, uh, she's got like the elephants all over and you find out. Oh, about, Delta. She had Delta. <laughs> and all and she's talking about you ski and all over the place and some shit like that. And everybody was like, mm-hmm. Yeah, we know who wrote that. We know who wrote that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Luke Cage. That's when everybody fell in love with Luke Cage. Yeah. So I feel you on that. Yeah. And, and again, it's like, because that's something that's very specific to us. Mm-hmm. And so you can't, you wouldn't know that unless right. again, right. you, you, spoke to someone and or again had them directly working on a project to to add those like layers. Did you ever read um uh Frank Miller and and artist Dave Gibbons uh The Life and Times of Martha Washington? I have not. Randy loves it. I yeah, I want to have Kennedy to, loves that too. I'm going to have to sit down and read it, but I I am a, I am aware but no I've never said it. I would be I'm very curious to, of your read your take on that book okay. uh, on Frank Miller's depiction of that black woman. Okay. And then, I mean, I love it too. Um, but does her, I, so again, let me ask, does her blackness play into the story? To, I think to a degree. Okay. Because, um, you know, 
sometimes it's like it is a black woman or black whatever person of color. But she's not but, really. But it could have been anybody, and the yeah, story would have yeah, read yeah. the same because yeah. there's no, uh, again, those cultural touchstones. Right. Um, but but I think because of her origin in the Cabrini Green projects and stuff like that, it, it, it's there a little bit. It doesn't speak to it as much as it goes on, but it, it it's always there. Okay. Um, I, I I'd be interested in your in your read on that. You know, I sometimes because Dave Givens drew that book and Watchmen, I sometimes in my head think like these were the same writers, but it decidedly is not. And as much as everybody, not so much anymore, but kind of kneels at the altar of Alan Moore. To be fair, I think both Alan Moore and Frank Miller, they've gotten older, their their writing has fallen off. Mm -hmm. But I think that Frank Miller was a more nuanced writer than Alan Moore ever was. Gotcha. And that this was some of his best work. Okay. So I think I'd be curious on your read of it. I think this is a character that you would, uh, you would, um, I don't want to even put it in your head. I just would be curious on what your your take on Martha Washington is. Well, if I read it, not if, when I read it, many years from now. Yeah, um, it'll be around the time. We can can talk about it. Yeah, so we'll talk about it in 2025. (laughs) When you read Martha Washington and Eric reads Watchmen um, on its 60th anniversary. But until then, thank you so much for for, um, doing this greetings from the Bat Base with me. Thank you for welcoming me into the Bat Base.